0: Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Iron Syndicate Motorsports Podcast. This show is brought to you by Earns Tuning, your source for any aftermarket or OEM Subaru parts. Be sure to check out our store at flatironstuning.com and stay tuned with Flatirons Tuning.
1: that?
2: It's just
3: a the, well, the stools don't stay up unless yeah. this is a good one. Yeah,
1: <laughs> was say, I'll be yeah on. no, that's
0: perfect. That's what it that works. All right. We are so recording I'm here. So you, you be there. Office, well. Okay. Can might, is that, that. some noise or am I just sharing stuff? No. The, the water, water coolers. I'm turning this off. I turned the game off so we shouldn't
3: have it. The sounds
0: of the room.
1: I'm So you guys have done the hill climb? I've not done Pike's Speaker. But some hill climbs. Yeah, I,
2: I mostly race I race CHCA now for I don't know. Not every year I've had a like a full year, but seven years something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Yep.
2: No, probably a little more. And than a nice.
1: Subaru. hmm Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. Um, one of the comments on a recent podcast, like, why well, don't these tuner fanboys? Like I wonder what an actual driver would think about the so and so or this or that or whatever. Like, oh man, I'm i actual driver. <laughs> got more. Course,
0: got more. Course, got more How course records than you, you? dog. Yeah. <laughs> let's see your trophy wall, dog. Uh, so Dylan, you, it's recording. We're okay. going. You can just make it right. a
2: start
0: point. Good. We go. There. All, right.
2: All right. Okay. Okay. So Step straight. <laughs>
0: All right. All coming after, after coming <laughs> off the track, you got to loosen up a little <laughs> yep, bit. Yeah,
1: awesome. yeah. A little tight.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Ready? We'll dive into it. Let's do it. Okay. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Flat Iron Podcast. We're here in the shop. Got a bunch of faces here to show you. We got Tasso. Uh, Mike Pettiford's back in the shop, and we got Dylan uh, here as well. And today we're going to talk about sim racing, and well, specifically, the inspiration for this was the new Forza came out. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion around that. Dylan has got it r- working on the sim up here in, in the shop, been playing around with it, and decided to, this was a good opportunity to have a conversation about sim racing, and we've got kind of, kind of the, the, we, the, the panel here runs the gamut, because we've got Tasso and, and Mike, who are not the hugest fans of sim racing. Dylan, who's, you know, likes the sim racing, and I, 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 I enjoy it as dude, well. Dude, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... With that in mind, I mean, let's maybe talk about just initial impressions. Like what what are what are kind of, when you think about Sim Racing, you guys, what do you what
1: are your first thoughts? Maybe Mike start with you. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, let me try to be objective here. Um, intellectual fun, but no real thrill. Okay? Is is the way I see it. You know, in other words, If 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 I'm gonna play golf and I'm at that little putt putt thing, I'm not really playing golf. I'm in front of a of a screen and it shows a green. But there at least I have a real stick. Right, right. This I don't feel like I have a real stick. Right. Although, to be fair, when I did this Two things: a, I didn't get nauseous, which was good. That's good. And yeah. second of all, I probably did the best I ever did, although you wouldn't know it because I had the worst lap time <laughs> <Okay>. of anybody. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so whatever, whatever that means. So for me, I mean, it's kind of cool, but it's not really fun. Right. If that makes okay. sense. Tasso, what like what is
0: what is your <laughs> thought around sim racing? Fine, it's whatever. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> I I whatever. I think I won. lap time between us. Yep. So yes, yep. sims are good. Um,
2: yes. they're, a, <laughs> they're a direct analog to how good a driver is. Right. I think everyone agrees that the best driver will do best on the sim, too. So. Right. 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 It's all no, about sims. Okay. <laughs> they're okay. they're fun. I uh, I like video games. I've always I grew up in the generation that you know played video games growing up. You know, N sixty four and PS two. I loved. You know, Colin McRae Rally uh, as right, a series. Right. I was born, you know, a little later than like the Richard Burns generation of, of driving, you know, games and stuff like that. But you know, I played Colin McRae Rally, Mario Kart,
0: right, MX right, express
2: right. ATV Unleashed until my fingers bled. Right. Um, <laughs> and then you know, did that all night, woke up the next day and rode bikes or went, you know, bombing around the hills or something like that. So it, I always have a fond. They, they have a like a, a fond place in my memory right, games right. Do. I'm bad at sim racing though like it's mm. uh I don't um this is something that we've talked about and i'm sure we'll kind of dive into more here um it's so hard to go from the full immersive experience of driving a car fast right to to sitting in this nice you know lobby showroom here right <laughs> right and, right. and <laughs> trying to like dial that all in without you know, even like the, the mental process of getting ready and getting in the car resets kind of your brain mm-hmm. and your, your feelings and yeah, your yeah. sensations and stuff like that. Um, and that's not here. So it's fun. You know, it, it's it's fun. Yeah. And I, I, w- I want to talk more about the people that do a lot of it, what they get from it, what's different in their setups maybe that makes it more extra, yeah. more enjoyable to them. I want to yeah. expand this and kind of... Into more it, about yeah it, you
1: know. that that's the motivation here for this conversation because there are people that are having way more fun than we <laughs> sure. are <laughs> sure yeah. sure yeah i feel like i feel like a child and maybe it's, it's
2: like i was a pretty good skier before i tried snowboarding and i don't like snowboarding because it was hard to go back to just being really bad at something mm-hmm. it's the same thing i'm an okay race car driver um, and i'm bad in the sim and so i right, have to right. you, i have to put that out of my head in order right. to enjoy it it's right.
3: so it kind of ties back into that giving you that stick analogy that you had mike where it's like giving yourself the stick with the sim rig is really hard and it becomes this battle of diminishing returns like with you gotta have a really good game to begin with and then on top of a really good game you gotta have a really good wheel and a really good setup and like at least an xbox or you know a computer to run it and there's a lot of things that add up to like giving yourself that immersion and you were saying like you had tried some of those like motion rigs oh yeah there's even those too which like there's a lot of levels to it and i think it's really hard to like dial in that like feeling like you're talking about tasso like when you get in the sim rig you are getting in the car right and you know to get to that point you gotta do the hundred two hundred thousand dollar like f1 sim rigs Mm -hmm. and stuff like that
1: well and and the, the, the sad thing too I I may be the guy here that has had the most experience in the most different types of sims. Because I've done the four post, $100,000 plus. I've done the multi-screen with the sound in the back. I've done the, you know. Yeah. And I still suck at all of them. (laughs) I mean, I have one guy, Laguna Seca, Cadillac had a thing out there and he was trying to coach me. He right, didn't know that right, I had right. ever driven a race car. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was really trying to help me. And yeah. the more he tried to help me, I was like, dude, this is just not going to work. Yeah. Um, what One of the interesting points, just
0: back to what you're saying, Dylan, is when you're talking about a good setup. Well, in the last handful of years, technology has progressed. Like, they're, they're throwing more and more energy at this now that there's more and more people that are interested in... Sure video games, virtual sports. I mean there sure. there are there's there's a, a world series for Gran Turismo. I'm sure they're going to do something for Forza as well. Yeah. Where you have all these people from around sure. the world that are like the best of the best. Yeah. And 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 the manufacturers of the wheels, you know, Fanatec, Logitech, all these other companies are developing wheels, they're trying sure. to figure out more ways to try and bridge this gap and sure. and make the simulation closer to the real thing as as close as they can and and they they've made steps, you know, like like what what is out now is better than than what's ever been. I, w- I was sitting here thinking as, as we were talking about this initially. Gran Turismo One is what got me initially, and that was just a thumb controller. Mm-hmm. And I, I was trying to think, well, why? What was it about just playing with the controller, driving a car where there's there's no turning of the wheel, and just pushing the the D-pad? What what was it about that that grabbed me? I'm, honestly, I'm not hundred percent sure just but
1: what, what was available but it was probably, fun. right it's, you didn't, it didn't know any better, better yeah right? well the technology of being able to do anything and have it equate to motion sure. on the screen sure. is the lure mm-hmm. I would yeah. say yeah you know yeah. it's like if okay if I can do this and that car whatever it is moves, That's kind of cool. Sure.
0: Yeah. And I I definitely remember
1: thinking way back in in these days, oh, it feels
0: so real. Like it feels (laughs) like like the (laughs) car physics is so good. It's like, but but you're doing this. Like how? I
3: I collect like old PlayStation Two games, and I booted up like old Gran Turismo. I think four, three, it was, and I was Uh. like, oh my god. Like compared to the new (laughs) Forza, right? Like even the set of Corsa with a few mods, like the feeling is just even, you know, many levels removed from what we have now Right. what we had before. And it's crazy, that, like, iterative process of, like, how can we add more sensation, get a little closer, give you a little more of that stick, like, so you feel it. Mm -hmm. And And it's uh, it's crazy.
0: They're they're doing as much as they can from a programming side. They're trying to bring in as much data and information and, and then give the feedback. But maybe let's talk about what What is missing? What is What are these intangibles that are not... I know. Okay, I know. all right.
1: Yes, you in the back. Go ahead. Feel. Yeah. In other words, one of the things that makes truly great race car drivers great is car feel. Mm-hmm. And that comes from what your rear end tells you the car is doing. Now, of course, there's intellectual interplay there all of those things are important but the baseline at least for me Mm. is feel because in a real car i'm pretty adaptable put me in anything it's like okay all right okay let's go right whereas this it would take me days to get to average at best status right and that to me is because there is no feel feel There's intellectual input. There's visual input. And by trial and error, you can certainly create a fast lap. I get that. And there are moments when I've done that. Only Mm -hmm. moments. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But the actual feel is not there. Right. And that's what's missing. The only way, I, I was thinking about this the other day, if you could put, like, in a go kart track, like, in a parking lot, if you could put this with the screen on a on a car that moves, but only let's say mm. thirty feet, yeah, then you could create actual feel. Yeah. Where when you got on the gas, you're actually being pulled back. When you got on mm. the brakes, you you know, and lateral, mm-hmm. yeah, right, right. But it would still be a sim because you've got you're you're not on a track right that may be the next level there you go well and but nobody's gonna do that because you have to actually drive right yeah and and like you know like there's those amusement park
0: rides where you know uh, uh, star tours or whatever where you're sitting on like something that's a gimbal yeah yeah where where they can kind of do that it's like it's a four post you know sim but like to the next level where it can actually like kind of throw you forward (laughs) throw you back tip you around yeah to simulate some of those like to kind of fool your brain into like okay we're going on a dive and it like throws the rear up and your brain for a second there's like whoa but you're just (laughs) sitting in a chair it's like that's that's that would be like the next step from even that where there's actually a little bit of actual motion right you know and and that's where you're, you're subconscious you would get those motion cues that you actually get in the car
3: i would say visually not even just feel there's a lot to be desired you know playing on a flat
0: screen with just
3: the tv you know you've got a very limited viewport you're kind of dialing in like my field of view do i want to see the side windows do i not like how do i actually want to read the car Mm -hmm. yeah and i think vr headsets are helping bridge that gap too Mm -hmm. like if you set up a sim rig with a vr headset tasso and i were talking about this Mm -hmm. like it can help you get some more of that depth perception that can give you a feel for like how fast you're going and where you are on the track.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, adding in little missing inputs, right? So the more missing inputs you can add back in, the better it's going to feel. But, yeah, it's all still very or, much in its Or the
3: infancy. worst. <laughs> or, 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 yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Or yeah. you get motion sickness. Yeah, now you're really VR. nauseous. Yeah, yeah, right. A lot of times you'll have like a oh. good VR setup where, like, visually you're seeing things that work, but mm-hmm. your motion doesn't translate. Like, I've been in, you know, sim rigs in VR, and you're driving, having a great time, and then all of a sudden you spin out or you, mm-hmm. like, hit a rock, and, like, the car gets upset but you're just sitting there and you don't feel it. Right? Right. Your stomach goes for a loop and that's you're that. like, <gasps> i got to quit. <laughs> right? yeah. Oh, wait, actually, no, I'm not. I'm just sitting here and now you want to vomit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hold
2: on.
3: Yeah, okay. I throw up. Uh, yeah. So I'm,
0: yeah. I'm
2: they, curious about one thing. Um, as someone who does a lot more sim racing, something Mike mentioned about your ability to hop in and adapt quickly, um, that is a... I think there's a certain amount of innate ability there, but also it's a practice skill. You've hopped in a bunch of different vehicles now. You have a process for figuring out, like, okay, yeah, it's a little wishy-washy, but that's fine. I can deal with that. Brakes are fine. Okay, cool. And then you start adding stuff based on what you can feel. Is there a similar process that you've come up with as more of a sim-type person? I would say it is
3: kind of almost analogous to the car situation. Like, your sim rig setup can have just as much influence on, like, your feeling as, like, your real car setup, too. Like, jumping into one sim rig versus another, if you're really used to one and you're just, like, hopping into something else for a few minutes, it's going to feel, like, completely alien and foreign, and that does kind of go back to the point Mike made where, you know a real car you have so much more sensation so many more things going on yeah. you've got your butt dyno you got you feel the g-force well,
0: and and those feelings translate into input, into input. you're you're, yeah. you're used to the you're used to your environment and then you're used to the inputs that you're giving or the the feedback that you're getting yeah. back from the the vibrating steering wheel what have you you're used to that and mm-hmm. then you you be, that's kind of what informs how you drive the car so yeah. even just like for me, I have, I have pedals at home that are way different than these, and these I do not like, but I'm used to the ones at, at home, so, like, okay. like.
3: And I would it, say there's kind of probably a similar, like, you know, parallel with sim rigs, where, like, once you've tried a ton, it'll help you feel more comfortable, mm-hmm. but even with this one, I found that, like, getting comfortable with it requires a lot of fine tuning, a lot of time just spent, oh, this is what the You know, wheel is trying to tell me at this moment when I'm like losing traction, this vibration in the pedal is Mm -hmm. actually telling me like, oh, my rear wheels are losing traction. But, you know, they're all so different. It does take that like time and interpretation and like practice of like just spending hours in there, like figuring out the weird inputs they give you. I would imagine, though,
1: that the top sim drivers in the world would be that adaptive. Mm-hmm. that they that you could put oh, on totally. any sim i mean you bring max for stopping in on this mm-hmm. and in the first lap he's already dialed in and he rips off the fastest lap you've ever seen Possibly. that's why he's one of the number yeah, one yeah. sim he's drivers like, in the <laughs> world yeah. or, uh, and, or he would
0: go into the settings and he knows like what like what his starting point would be yeah, exactly. yeah. There's yeah, yeah. one mm-hmm. of the one of the interesting things to me about this is about the sim sims that are available because there are now a lot. There's there's a set of Corsa, there's Grand Turismo, <clears throat> Forza, um, iRacing. Each one of them is different. Each one of them is running a different physics engine. So each one of those platforms is going to behave slightly differently. And like for me, that's like I, I always landed back on Grand Turismo because I would I would try um, I think it was Project Cars 2 and then Forza, I'm sorry, not Forza, Gran Turismo, and then something else. Maybe it was maybe it was the uh, set of Corsa, and it was just like nothing felt right except for Gran Turismo. So like, <laughs> this is this is the the language <clears throat> that I'm used to. So this is this is home to me, because like when I played Project Cars too, like I was doing the exact same thing. You were like, I like I was basically hitting the wall. Or I was hitting the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I was I was at the start line and I was accelerating into the wall. Like it, it, it's just like some some part of whatever that game's oh. feedback feedback was giving me, oh. I it, none of it translated. None of it made any sense. It was, right. I was just like ping ponging off the walls. And that <laughs> that was just a me thing. And then went into Gran Turismo. Grand like okay, well this feels more like I'm used to. And like well, I'm curious to spend more time with, with Forza and, and to see how it translates. But You've got these different platforms those are different you've got the different setups those are different Mm -hmm. then you start playing with your settings in the game Mm -hmm. that can make massive changes also and so you kind of have to find what feels right and then it becomes i think a question too of like what is your basis for comparison have you actually driven the car or not like that's why when we're noodling around here we're picking the subarus we've all driven those so we all have kind of at least somewhat of a baseline of what that's supposed to be like. So then how close is this game to that?
1: See, to me, it's not. I mean, right. you know, I mean, I've driven a Subaru. Um, even the speeds, because when I was doing this, I mean, when I try to do anything, I try to be good at it. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm trying to beat these guys on the sim. Right. Even though, I know I got no chance, but that's just the way I'm wired. Right. right. Now, if you were to watch me do it, you would say, no, he's yeah. not even thinking about that because he's in the wall and he's ping-ponging. But even the speeds are not correct. Right. I mean, I've, I've driven a Corvette at Laguna pretty successfully, and I know basically what the speeds are. The speeds weren't even, because, you know, I'm trying, okay, but, you know, let me ask the audience, let me buy a vowel here, yeah, you know, yeah. and I right. got nothing, right. you know, so it's frustrating. And so that's where it's, like, there,
0: there's, it's it's better than it's ever been. There, there's more options, there's more equipment that gets you closer than there's ever been before, and it's more attainable than it's ever been before. I mean, like, what you could, you could go to your, your electronic store get online and order a game system, a game and then a steering wheel and pedals and you probably have the possibility of getting a sim set up that's equivalent to like what only the top tier race teams had maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean it, it's that and you can be would in be... like
3: $1500 maybe $2000 okay. right? and oh, like sure right was... set it up with the TV and yeah. you know everything. Yep. Um, and yeah, so it's it's crazy where things have come to now. And I think it's really interesting. You know, we've kind of talked about how the inputs are so different one really good point I've heard made by people who spend a lot of time both, like driving and in the sim rig, is that training in the sim rig can translate to you know feeling on the track. But a lot of times, training on the track does not translate into the sim rig right. at all. Like
1: I'm the poster yeah, child. Yeah, for that and Mike has been preaching this whole episode, <laughs> yeah. and, you know he he can attest to it from the other
3: side. I've heard the same thing from people who you know drift professionally and spend, you know, hours a week in the sim rig just practicing or drifting. And, you know, they say the same thing is like, the inputs from the sim rig are great when you learn to interpret them and when you get used to them and when you set your rig up right, you know, have all these boxes checked. But at the same time, they don't translate as well for someone coming in from a car. Like when you're used to the inputs of a car, you got to start lear- relearning all these different feelings like what does it feel like when the car steps out on me what does it feel like when i'm braking and abs yeah. engages because all well, that and, stuff feels different and there
1: is no different. feeling yeah right. it's like it's the wheel all, twitches yeah. the tiniest yeah, little bit the, like, well, what is this telling yeah, me right <laughs> now <laughs> what,
0: what you're saying makes 100 percent sense because there's a lot of stuff that you're feeling in a car that just is not going on in a scene yeah. but what that what what I translate that to mean is that there's a whole lot of, of sensory input that you're getting and that you're expecting or that you're used to and that you're basing your driving off of in an actual car that is just missing when right. you take the motion, right. the acceleration, some of the actual you know vibrations and stuff that you would get in an actual car away because you're now just sitting <laughs> in a chair in a room with a wheel that's doing some things mm-hmm. and, con- and
1: communicating some information to you. It's like but putting it's me in a sensory deprivation mm. tank. Right. <laughs> right. Go drive. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. All you feel is
3: a steering
0: wheel in front of you and, yeah. some yes.
2: uh, and, and close one eye so you don't have that perception.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. right. Yeah. So with all that being said, what let's talk about some positives. Are there some positives? Because it is is much as it is not it is not I don't think it's ever gonna be a correlation for the real thing. Like it's never gonna be a one to one um but as, especially with the cost of entry to get out on the track oh,
1: yeah i mean you know uh,
0: you know spending $2000 to get a whole system like from zero to get a whole system <clears throat> can there be some things that that are beneficial if your ultimate goal is to get on track and to drive at speed in order to to
1: to ultimately compete like i mean the the illusion for the money is the benefit. Hmm. In other words, for $2,000, I mean, you can't get a car, I mean, you can, but you know, it's for $2,000 to be able to race with Max Verstappen on iRacing for real. Right. You know, not real racing, but right, you're right. in your living room. Sure. I mean, that's kind of cool for $2,000, Sure. even if you get your butt kicked, okay, I got my butt kicked by Max Verstappen. Right. I can't say that. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> and
3: then you can turn around and just keep on doing it, which is really cool. That's yeah. one mm-hmm. of the nice things about the SimRig is consumables. You're just paying yeah. for power. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, maybe a few little bolts and, you know, wear pieces. but
0: I, I think, like, even just at the, at the core level, you can explore different ways to drive. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's Forza that's driving on tarmac. And now a lot of these games, you've got driving on dirt. There's there's rally specific games like if you want to play around with rally and what that's like there's yeah. there's games and they're so wrong though it, it's, it, I think the asphalt physics is way yeah. better than dirt physics in video games right now sure. still well because um, asphalt is more straightforward than dirt I think there's there's way more variables yeah than dirt.
2: And, yeah dirt in itself changes so much even yeah. in the course of one corner um, yeah. versus and asphalt there's a lot of nuance to asphalt the better I've gotten. Um, driving on tarmac or asphalt, the, the more I enjoy it because there actually is a lot to that in the feel and yeah. in the pedal and the wheel and your butt and all that stuff. Um, but, like, that, I, I don't like the current crop of rally games. I sure. like, like I was saying, Call <clears throat> of Duty 2, I think was my favorite rally game. Um, and going back to it, it's not as accurate, probably, as some of the sure. stuff nowadays. But I think that comes into, like, what's the benefit of, of sim rigs? It's right. fun. Yeah. And it's cheap and you can do it when it's dark out you know or whatever I Right. you're done right. racing for the day you can't race anymore you ran out of gas You ran out of tires or brakes or whatever yeah. your
3: friend that doesn't know how to drive a manual car in right. yeah and, and you're not going to shred yeah. transmissions no. and stuff. just figure <laughs> it just figured out man it'll be fine
2: no i can turn that off if you yeah. want you can't turn off manual uh, mode in your car for most like of us you, that have to the play with
0: the rally like to, to know what it's like to be a rally driver that's got a co-driver that's reading your notes i mean mm. even just to see what sure. that's like what what the sliding is like you know within some to some degree because like that it's a whole different thing
2: you could teach a fundamental but it's probably only a hair better than teaching that same fundamental um on a whiteboard in a in a, in a, in a <laughs> right, classroom right, right? Yeah. you can you can explain to someone trail breaking and weight transfer and stuff like that yeah and i think that the sims are trying really hard to get it right and i think that there are some that are really close hmm. but All of driving, when you get to those more advanced techniques about weight transfer, about controlling a slide, especially four-wheel drive cars and sliding around on dirt is 100% a weight transfer game. And when you don't have weight to transfer, you can't teach that in a sim. And you can't feel the weight. You can explain, oh, yeah, you need to lift off and apply some brake, whatever you need to do to plant the front wheels, turn it at that point. It's all one fluid motion. It's going to step. It's okay. You can use the throttle to kind of settle things in a bit or or whatever. Um, and you can explain these things, and you can explain them with your fancy teaching aid, um, which is essentially just a two thousand dollar whiteboard at this right, point. Right, right, right. Um, but like I, for that same two thousand dollars, go get a total, you know, Nissan hard body pickup or something sure. like that, and go to a oh, dirt parking oh, yeah. lot somewhere and be go. like, "All right, man, we're gonna do no throttle oversteer. Let's go." Oh, right. um, and now. so that's where I was sitting here thinking for a second, um, a second ago was. You can get into sim racing pretty cheap. I think you can get into sim or uh, actual racing a lot cheaper if you don't build it up too much. Or I mean, not cheaper than sim racing. Cheaper than most people think. Um, right. You can with, with get like into lemons or whatever. I think lemons sure. is even a spending party. Um, okay. um, it is. It's not yeah. cheap. It's not. It's not five hundred dollar cars. There. It, it starts twenty thousand dollar cars 500. that someone. Um, so and I love lemons. So I don't want to take away from that. Um, but if you you can go SCC a rallycross without a license plate, without no. a dri- I mean, yep. driver license. But you don't need to have a nice car, right? Go get right, a totaled right. yep. something or other, yep. a CRX, or maybe if those are still cheap, or I don't know what what hasn't gotten yeah. the drift tax yet or whatever. Right. Um, find whatever that thing is, a Geo Metro. Mm. Um, and then for go to a rallycross, yeah. rally which is, even if you get the one-day license, what, your 90 bucks for, right. for a, a it, weekend? slide around on dirt. Slide around. Or, you know, find someone with a dirt parking lot and go talk to them, ask permission, and see if you yeah. can go slide around. So you're in, I think, cheaper at that point. Yeah, you're not racing simulation Formula One drivers or but actual Formula One drivers. But you've come away
1: with more actual skills. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, right. that's the thing. I mean... For these, I one of my clients, I've told you this story, John, very good racer. We went to oh, a new yeah. track. Yeah. He buys the I don't know, twenty thousand dollar sim in his very nice house. We go to a new track, I teach him, I show him just like I normally do. He immediately crashes the car. Mm-hmm. He never crashes. Right. Immediately crashes the car. We can't fix it. He's done for the weekend. And and I swear, and I'm making this up, he pushed the reset button on his actual car because that's what he was used to. Yeah.
2: Which is a place though. sims yeah. are great, is you crash your car on the sim, you can hit that yeah.
0: reset button, right? Well, in, and for learning a track. Like yeah. I've never actually been to Laguna Seca. Taz, you been to Laguna Seca, Mike, you've raced there before. Sure. Dylan, I don't yeah. think you've ever been there. Not bad. Sure. But like if you put me in Laguna Seca right now in a car, like and you, you said know what five next. miles an yeah. hour. I, I I at least know I know where yeah. the left's are, where yeah, the yeah, rights are. Sure. I kind of know the beginnings of sure. where my sight markers yep. are. Mm-hmm. And I could I could I could build up from there. It's gonna be it's gonna be faster than coming in completely blind to a to a, a track. The
1: only thing is and, and I learned tracks fairly quickly, but when I was at Laguna for the first time and it was on my bucket list, you know, yeah, yeah. And the fantasy mm-hmm. And I'm out there in the Corvette, and I'm like, man, this is really great. You know, this was worth burning up the credit cards. (laughs) Let's (laughs) let's go. By like the 10th lap, I've learned it. Mm. I mean, not perfectly, but 90%. Right. It's not that hard. I mean, and I've never been there before, and a Corvette's a fairly fast car.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so... You know, how much advantage does it actually give you? Time-wise, like, yeah. is, is learning the track really that much? I advantage? mean, yes, your first lap, because I've never seen the track, your second lap, right. maybe even your third lap is going to be better. If you put somebody that is pretty good at learning tracks and had never been there against somebody that's not as good as at learning tracks, but they've mm-hmm. done sim. Mm-hmm. Who would get up to speed, speed the fastest? That's the $100 question. All right, hold on. Okay, cut back in. Okay.
2: You <laughs> could use that. I mean, that's it. <laughs> the light's different, yeah, but it's you know, okay. <laughs> don't want to even watch well, us, the podcast. Uh, oh, both people that watch the podcast just talk trash about us anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> what
0: <they>? Don't say <laughs> that about my mom. <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, uh, sorry. Sorry, that's Mrs. Okay. Okay. John's mom. Yeah, it's all right. Well, so so the question is, if you, you can learn, is the sim an effective tool to help you learn a track, or if you're good at learning tracks? Can, I mean, yeah.
1: and 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 I would perceive, and I've never done a, a test, but I would perceive that initially, the sim person would have the advantage because they've got a rendering, mm-hmm. a mental image, of where the track goes, and the and the person cold turkey has well. I don't want to say no idea because you're going to look at the diagram, maybe you're going to watch videos, you know, so you're not just going to go in there cold turkey if you're a decent race car driver at all. But then the question is, how fast, you know, are you processing the inputs that the car gives you? Because that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And, And interesting, what would be
0: really interesting if we were able to actually test this is the sim racing could potentially actually be a negative. Because, sure. because to what you were just saying earlier, sure, Mike, sure. You, you've driven Laguna, you know what some of these corner speeds should be. You're trying to go through the corner at that speed, and, it, and it's not working, and right. so it's going slower and slower. Well, if you come in with this, a much slower perceived speed that you can go through a corner than what you actually can, you're going to be going really slow, and you're going to have to work <laughs> up. Plus, like, I mean, they're doing a lot of laser scans of tracks these days, so in theory, what they're yeah. modeling into the, into the program is, like inch-perfect sure. of what the tracks actually are, but sure. then like you put the cars in there, like the right. physics can get weird, maybe the track is not as wide as you think it is, maybe the track is wider than you think it is, and you can actually take wider lines through it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and the, and the downside for me is, I mean there's sections of Laguna Seca in the vet where the hair on the back of my neck stands up, right. and that's where I know the limit is, Right. whereas if I do enough sim, the hair never stands, stands up, but right. then I get in the car. <laughs> right. Hair doesn't stand up. Zip right, right. off right. I go. Yeah. So, but think about yeah. um,
2: Formula One. Obviously, does a lot of sim. Oh yeah. Not only for drivers for suspensions, sure. they do race simulations on motors on the dyno. Sure. Um, they'll have to go prove them out afterwards in real yep. life, whether yeah. it's their even you know their. I can't imagine how good the computers that they use for CFD are, but they still go out with the pressure rakes and. And sure. FlowViz and stuff like that. So they're drivers too, but I think maybe something to consider is that that's a series that has extremely limited drive time and extremely controlled testing, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, especially so, now, yeah. Um, you know, their off-season testing is extremely rigid and and so these guys it's, these it's guys don't get to drive these cars like whenever they want, right? right? Yeah. It's you know they're at designated points, so maybe and, if that drive time becomes more limited, it gives more beneficial yeah. to try and Give
1: yourself a bit of but, a head start on stuff, right? But these are the best drivers in the world. Yes. True. Yeah. So, so, so
0: well, but that also goes wrong. There, there have been a couple examples this year where, uh, with this, this is, for the people that are deep into Formula One, this will make sense. If you haven't, <laughs> go out and check out the rules around the sprint races in the Formula One season this year. Because with the sprint races, the biggest difference is that there's now a, a short race on the Saturday before the actual race on Sunday. What that means is that they only have two test sessions right. the day before the qualifying for the sprint race to actually do any kind of actual testing on the track. And right. there have been circumstances or instances this year where teams have gone in, they've done a lot of time on the simulator, and they got it wrong. Hmm. They come in, and they realize, oh, we have we brought the wrong parts. Oof. Like they, they have their Oof. low down force wing mm-hmm. or something like that, and that's where they started. And they... They'd done all this testing in the simulator and thought, oh, it, it's low downforce, that's what's going to work here. And then they come out and, like, everybody else is running high downforce, and they got it mm-hmm. completely wrong, and they can't adapt fast enough in those sprint weekends yeah. to get the car right. Look at this last weekend in Las Vegas, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing there are drivers, and I don't know this for sure, I only watched the, the highlights for this last weekend. I haven't sat down and deep dive on it yet. I'm guessing there are drivers that had, in that shortened FP1, um no laps right they hadn't even gone out yet because yeah. it was nine nine minutes in it got canceled or whatever yep. it was right um they may have only had by the time qualifying comes around at 1 a.m on saturday um they may have only had a couple laps to learn a yeah. brand new circuit and you had drivers saying things like oh wow in simulation i thought this was going to be a lot worse than it right. was in right. real life yeah um, in fact, so that was that's what they discrepancy said a lot is is yeah. it,
0: a lot of the drivers it was their favorite race of the year and everybody hated it on the sims right, right. on the sim yeah, yeah. But like yeah, this this Las Vegas race, it was a completely new circuit, and the temperatures were vastly different. It was mm-hmm. the coldest track of the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, the Did tires it make behaved it down vastly differently. Four
2: degrees. Did it make it to the record for the coldest? I know there was talk that it might make it
0: to four degrees Celsius. The the, the coldest race. I think it was fifteen. Was it? Okay, so it was much warmer. So, ah, everyone was worried about nothing. Well, well, but it, <laughs> but it was vast. That was that was one of the things. Like because. The, the Las Vegas race was so cold and there was no sun because it was done in the middle right. of the night, the tires behaved vastly differently <laughs> than they usually do. Yeah. And it like, the warm-up time, because now the, the, the blankets for the, the tires, the warming blankets, were a much lower temperature. And what they were saying is, um, like, so they would come out with warm, these warm tires, but then you couldn't heat the tires up fast enough, so they'd actually cool off. Right. Even though you're driving around the track at speed, it would take a couple more. laps yeah. to actually get the heat back into them. But right. then, once you go multiple laps, that's where it was like the qualifying was really challenging, but the racing was actually much, much better because right. once you get the tire into its temperature window, right. you can hold it there right. better than, than in most <laughs> tracks this season because the ambient tension was so temperature was so much cooler. Right.
2: So I like, mean, wait, how even do the you simulate like in our sim racing podcast? One. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 well,
0: uh, but so so. It, it, it's a stepping stone but it's not 100% even for those top level teams mm-hmm. right and and so I'm going to I'm going to make the argument because Max Verstappen is a perfect example of, of I think both ends of this because he's, he's definitely one of the best drivers you know around sure he's he's competing against a lot of some of the best drivers that may have ever driven like Hamilton and Alonso sure. Um and but he's also this avid sim racer
1: well he's one of the best sim drivers yes. in the world yes. as well I'm going to
0: say that the reason that he's excelling so much with the current cars is because he is such a good sim racer, because he is used to and fast at driving in the sim, where you are losing some of this information. And my 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 rationale for that is because one of the reasons that Red Bull is so fast with the current car, which is that basically it's you know the um, they have the the, the vortices underneath ground effect. The, the ground effect cars mm-hmm. the ride height is so critical oh, sure. to maintaining the downforce from the floor of the car and so what red bull did is that they took a lot of the movement out of the suspension the suspension geometry is set up so that the car really doesn't move around they're actually taking away
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot of the actual movement that you would feel in the car because they need that floor to be as level as mm-hmm. much as possible in all scenarios and Verstappen, because he's used to sim racing, this I'm just guessing, but this is my guess, Yeah, I have he's a counterpoint used to sim racing. Here. I know where you're going. I have <laughs> and, a counterpoint. And since so the car it. is not yeah. moving as much, he's used to adapting to that and, and getting fast with that. And so he can be very fast in that car that is not moving around nearly as much. But these other drivers, like you know Perez, who's he's no slouch of a driver. He's not got the pedigree that Verstappen does, but he's not adapted to that car nearly as, be- as much as Verstappen is. And I just wonder if it's because he's used to these other inputs and he's not, I don't I, I don't know if he does SIMS, but I don't know if he's as used to it as Verstappen is. And so I'm wondering if it's actually an advantage that Verstappen has this year. I, I'm not buying it. No, nah. my, 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 my <laughs> counterpoint is that I think that he would actually get more input from the car with oh. stiffer suspension.
2: Maybe. Um, I think so much, and this is everyone chime in here, if you, like, the feeling of tire on ground, whether it's a slick on asphalt mm. or a gravel tire on gravel you can feel, or I can feel um, like exactly what that is doing. Whether it's right, driving right. down the highway, right. and I can feel right. every little crack and every kind of thing in a street car, or out on gravel, I can feel the pebbles rolling out from underneath the tires I slide across them, or that transition on a blue groove, and I can feel the tire deflecting on right. blue, blue groove. Right. And I think the stiffer the car gets, the more that gets transferred into you. Like the less Ooh. power assist you have in the steering, manual brakes, I think are an amazing thing for driving fast because, There's nothing in between your foot and the brake pads essentially, right? So you you can, I can can feel the road through the pedal um, with nicely set up brakes because that's all transferring in. The less stuff you put in between you, and ultimately driving is all about manipulating contact patches, right? So the less stuff you put in between you and contact patches, the more feel you have um, and the better you're able to read
1: that limit of grip, which is driving fast, right? I'm gonna say, and that sounded really great, by the yeah. way. That's the bite right there. But <laughs> but any top level driver can adapt. Hmm. Yes, direct feel is better. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a car that's got artificially light feel, and you're a top driver, you can adapt. Sure. And it's and it's yeah. irrelevant. Ultimately, I mean, with ultimately, yes but within a pretty wide range, it's irrelevant because you can adapt to that and go just as fast. Now, if it's way outside the boundaries, sure. then yes, it's it's an irritant and then you gotta get that fixed. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, if I'm applying five pounds and I'd rather apply seven pounds because it feels better, any of the top drivers can adapt to that. Sure. And that's gonna be, yeah. I would say, an irrelevant piece for them going fast and suspension stiffness, no, the reason that Max is adapting so well is because that's giving him even more direct feel Could be through his bottom than on the sim. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
3: going to tie it back together and say I agree with both of you in that <laughs> he's probably getting more experience to be more adaptable by getting more seat time in the sim rigs just because you know he can do it for less... You can be out in an F1 car, you know, simulated yeah. for way less budget for way more time, yeah. and yeah, it probably ties back to both. Like he is really adaptable, and then like practicing that adaptability in sim rig and in real cars gives you just that high level of performance. Right, and I
1: would guess that at Max's level, he's very familiar with how the sim feels. Sure. Mm. And he's very familiar with how the actual F1 car feels right. and how these two interplay. And now, yeah, with his level yeah. of adaptability, oh, so yeah. Getting it to correlate, yeah. back to like finding the platform, working with the platform,
0: getting it to correlate yeah. to what you know to be for, correct. For him,
1: it would be almost the same as actually driving the car because he's so familiar with both would be my right. guess. And probably yeah, has
3: yeah. like a fifty or $100,000 SIM ring, yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a Mr. pretty Motion good physics yeah. <laughs> yeah. VR headset and probably Top not head. <laughs> using probably not using Gran Turismo 2 <laughs> probably not, yeah. probably not. Uh, but that I mean to all these points his like the process the algorithm and we talked about this a couple of times it is a good parallel it's not the same line but they're parallel lines in that they both take technique they both take a methodical process to get good at. You both have to learn what the inputs of the particular activity you're doing, well, what those inputs that activity will provide you, and then how to capitalize on them, right? Yeah. So it's like the the algorithm, the process to getting fast may be applicable to both. That's um, so, so, things.
0: talking about it, using the sim as a tool, where can you use it as a useful tool? I mean, the, so the start of that is just where is the track going, left, right? What is what is the layout of the track? Learning how to go faster. That's one of the other things that I think, it. I mean, I don't. I'm not to say that it's it's going to be directly uh, correlate to to actual driving, but like if you spend enough time racing the sim and and you start to find like oh I can go a little bit faster or like find some of these tools to to evaluate your performance and figure out what other things you can do to go faster i wonder i suspect that there's some of those things like like cutting curbs like where you, where you can cut curves like where you can you know carry speed through the i mean not, not I'm, again, I'm laughing because i was
2: pounding sausage
0: curves right <laughs> it's it's oh, not a, <laughs> again it's not a one-to-one but like i like I haven't driven on the track in a couple of years. I've, I've never cut corners on an actual track. I've always, like, I maybe I'll come up and I'll hit the corner, but I'll never, like, cut a corner. But now in the sim racing, I've learned, oh, well, I sometimes I have to cut these corners. Like, mm-hmm. there, that can be a difference. Even, not even from line, uh, that kind of line necessarily, but like, you know, in Gran Turismo, you have basically a, a live timer that will tell you, like, are you going faster or are you not? Mm-hmm. And you can see, where okay well if I actually take a really good line through this corner it sets up the next corner and then all of a sudden I've picked up time by the time I make this two or three corner series where if you're just doing a track day if you don't have any of the data I mean you're you're never going to really probably get a sense of how one corner relates to the next relates to the next that would be feel it's the feel but it's something that I've seen and experienced in the sim and that now it's like that's part of getting in the car and driving a little bit, is like, okay, well, how does this corner relate to the next corner? As a driving coach, this is your world,
2: right? Is mm-hmm. you, you do a lot of driver coaching. Is it something that in preparation for a track day, you could sit down with a whiteboard and say, okay, we're going to go out in this car. It's a momentum car, no yeah, downforce. Yeah. So it's going to be, uh, we all understand geometric racing line. Uh, yeah. But the nuance that I think you're describing yeah is where do we vary from geometric line to now what is the optimal line for the driver and this car combination, right? Is it the kind of thing you could sit down ahead of time and be like, okay, we're going in this car, I know how you kind of how you drive, let's
1: work on some of these modifications to that? It is, and we do that, and the bottom line here, the $100 piece, is the driver has to believe it Mm. before they will do it. Mm. I can say... I can be in the car, I can say, not yet, not yet, not yet. If they don't believe it, then right. John can yeah, yeah. this. Right. They will say, screw this guy, yeah. I'm going there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. right. Right. And you have to get them to believe it. Mm. And they're not going to believe it when they're actually in the car any better if they do it there mm. than if they do it live. Or, or if they do, then they desensitize themselves. And now that becomes an additional risk, mm. like my one guy.
0: Mm-hmm. As far as like, can you, where, where do you actually have to brake? Where do you actually right. have to turn in? Where, yeah. where
1: is the actual limit of the car? Right. Where right. is the right. threshold of braking, cornering, and acceleration on the proper line? Then you're gonna go as fast as a car can go. Mm-hmm. And that's by the laws of physics. Mm-hmm. And you don't get the feel right you you get the intellect and i i again i get it you get something right but you don't get the big final step right you've got to do that in the car there's right. no way to do that there that i've found i think that
0: if you spend a decent amount of time in a sim that the want to get into a car to actually try and explore it i think there could for for some people you can get to the point where like, all right, I have to get there, out there and try well, this. Well, This is what I wanted to ask, because we talked about this a little bit when we took
2: our um, entry break here. Yeah. Um, I cut about, that out, they don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, they don't they know make, about we that, did uh, the whole a time. package <laughs> got delivered. <laughs> yeah, the light yeah. didn't change, it's all <laughs> okay. fine. Dylan, was always sit there. Um, so Dylan, you've driven PPIR track attack or something like that, right, in the, the shop WRX? Um, but other than that, no
1: no real track time, right? Do you have the burning desire to uh, yeah. fire up the credit cards and pour <laughs> you into the abyss. I Definitely
3: do. And I would say that uh, I think the Simrig has kind of given me so many, you know, choices as far as like what you yeah. can do for driving. Yeah. And it gives you a little taste of the intellectual side like we were talking mm-hmm. about, of all of those pieces of racing. Rally, drift, time attack, whatever you're trying to do. And I think it can give you a really good idea of, like, getting into that and, like, what the steps are, what you're going to do in a track day. And, like, it's not necessarily going to help you push the limits of the car like we've been talking about. But it will give you a really good baseline of what you want, what you might enjoy more than another thing. Like, you know, personally... I love drifting on the sim rigs. Mm-hmm. I always have. I love, like, some speed racing. Like, I'll do, like, time attack here and there, put down lap times on, like, high planes and stuff, but mostly I end up getting sucked into drifting on the sim rig, hmm. which has kind of led me to this path of, like, all right, maybe if I do get a car that I'm going to take to the track, I will try something rear-wheel drive. Yeah, As that that yeah. I want Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one cool thing I've gotten out of sim racing is, like, you know, I've tried a ton of different stuff, and I've sort of found what I liked, and it's pointed me a little in a direction, um, which, when you first get into, like, cars in general, that is one thing that I think a lot of people struggle with, is, like, what do you even like? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do with your car? Like, do you want to go race? Do you want to be a rally driver? Do you want to
2: drift? Do you want to be a monster truck, truck yeah, driver? One, and you can spend a lot of money going down a path mm-hmm. before you realize it's not the right, right.
0: path. Yeah. I mean, I'll say from my experience, what I've found really fascinating is this relationship of one corner to the next. Like playing at home, the thing that is really fascinating to me is is like there the whole track, the, the fun tracks, the ones that I like. I mean, there's a rhythm to them and then like you can blow a corner at the beginning of the of the lap and it can have an effect towards the end. True. Sure. You know, it's like you you once you i mean for me i've gotten to the point where i'm sort of quick i mean i'm not one of the fastest guys but i'm I, i'm okay at the game and it's something where like if i blow a corner at the beginning i'm not going to make up those two seconds anywhere else I, it's like so once once you, know, once, <laughs> once you make the mistake you've, you've got to like get all the way around the lap and start over again and then it's evaluating okay why did i make the mistake how did, like what happened can i can i then you know, get through that corner and then try and string together the lap.
1: But, but in the sim, the conclusions that you come to may or may not be true. Right. Because it's not going to be actual speed. It's not going to be actual longitudinal or lateral G. It's going to be whoever programmed that visually, mm-hmm. did you read it right? Well, And true. that's a different thing. But so
0: then what, I mean, to me where, again, where it's become really interesting is the tools that I have, like, as I'm going around and turning laps to try and go faster. Okay. Yeah. Did I I, I break too late? Did I break, did I break too early? Mm -hmm. Did I like, there's, there's so much of the turning point that's so key because if you, if you do that initial sequence of the corner correctly, then that's where your exit is right, because you hit the apex, you're able to get on the throttle and carry the speed out. Braking a little bit too late, carrying a little bit too much speed, not being able to turn in and hit the apex, it's just like all all the puzzle pieces fall off the board at that point. And 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 so it's, it's like, what tools do you have to use to try and find out what you did wrong in this corner to get the corner right? And then once you get that first corner right, what then translates into the second corner? And then you use those tools over again to try and figure out, okay, well now, how do I how do I take the second corner correctly? And just building up, basically, mm-hmm. a, a data set of, of how do I drive around the whole track that way? It's and it's mm-hmm. it's. I'm not saying that all the tools are right and all the input is right, but I my my theory is that the the tools could be up, could be applied and, and yeah. tried in. in I, think I agree part. with that.
2: You said tools and inputs. I think those tools are correct. That's racecraft. Yeah. Um, the inputs obviously are very different and that's, that's kind of what we've talked around I think for some time now in so many words is like, there is stuff to be gained. There, there are techniques, tools, um, processes to be gained from sim racing, but it will never be an analog because it is not analog.
0: Right. Right. Um, well, and, and what I wonder too is, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm almost certain that this is the case, is that you get a sense for what some of these tools are that you can use to evaluate a corner. Then you go out in, in a real car on a real track and you have like these intellectual tools, these visual tools maybe, but then you find other tools from the car itself. And you're know, like, like, what is the feel of the brakes? Like, can you feel the traction in the tires? Can you feel the body roll, the movement of the car? That you can you could add them to your toolbox so that you can then... You know, reevaluate the corner in a different
1: way. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're talking about um, learning a foundation from the sim, and then expanding that foundation in real life. Is that what I'm understanding you to e- say?
0: Yes, but even even just as fundamental as realizing that there are different ways that you're using the car, even even just from a breaking point and a turning point, that like that will make a difference it will make a big difference and then like the from one corner into the next like how you take that first corner will then you know set you up for success or failure in the next corner just just fundamentally knowing that it changes the way that you go into that corner
3: and i think sim rigs and you know games in general tend to have an interesting sort of insight in that regard like you know when you're teaching someone on the track you're not necessarily gonna have the like millisecond by millisecond lap timer that's like perfectly accurate that like a game has while you're out in your practice session or whatever. You might actually so, you can't. Yeah. Well you can. <laughs> I know you can, <laughs> but you might not always, right? Like, right. at the at the for, beginning, yeah. yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. Matter. Practicing, you know, you just hop in and click a button and wanna drive, like yeah. start the car. It it's kind of interesting how yeah, the simrig could give you a little bit more Access to data and like access to racecraft practice
1: and, and potentially just how the lap strings together. But mm-hmm. yeah, but what I and what I tell people in in real racing all the time is if you're trying to learn the craft by buying one of the the, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the apps on your yeah. phone yeah. and you think you can do it by mm-hmm. yourself because mm-hmm. the app will put together the best lap and you can, right. it's an illusion. Mm-hmm because you will never feel what the limit of the car is because right. that's not what that app does yeah. right yeah, it's and important. a lot of people don't know that they think that if they practice every day at high planes and they look at the app that they will be just as fast and that's absolutely not true yeah and i, and I think it's because that that data needs context
0: well and, and it, yes, yeah
1: it needs it needs a reference of this is the limit by the laws of physics, and it right. doesn't tell you that. Right.
0: It, it'll just tell you if you're going faster. Yeah. But it doesn't tell you necessarily why, and it, and you won't necessarily know how much faster you can go.
1: It'll yeah. it'll piece together the best of your floundering lap and tell right. you your fastest floundering right. lap. But as I, as I did on the sim.
0: So what I can tell you, like I that you get that in in these in these programs, and it is once. I've spent enough time in some of these tracks to know, like, okay, well, I know when I, I did a really good third sector. I can mm-hmm. know what I did right, sure. and sure. then I can feel when it goes wrong. And you sure. can see your lap scope like, sure. you're, you're you're way over time, you're way under time. You once you get the sense of where it went right, and then uh, this is, I mean, this could very well be what you do when you're trying to learn a track and go faster is figure out what you did w- when you when it went right, and then reproduce that. Like oh, yeah. Get get back to that point, and so that you can have a, a consistent
1: first sector, second sector, third sector,
0: straight together.
1: My favorite part of learning a track is my Corvette has got an aim data system. Yeah. And put it on the plus and minus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then just let me wail. Give me right. ten laps, and I just feed off of that. Yeah. You know when I see the the minus, mm-hmm. dude. And then once I get it, then that's locked. Yes. And let's work on until everything I try is now plus. Yeah. And that's gonna be pretty close to fast as fast fast as it can go. Yeah.
0: So that's that's my experience. I've not done it in a real car, but I've done it in the sim. (laughs) I I at least if nothing else. (laughs) I know. But at least I know that it's out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and so just
0: knowing that that's out there and then knowing that that's a potential to get to, like, and having, again, some of these tools to evaluate a corner or what you're doing, like, I've, I've done that in the sim. I really want to get back out to the track so that I can now explore that in the real world, but it's like, I feel like I have a better basis to then go back to the track than I did before I started, you know. Driving the sim for the last you know year
1: well and it and it sounds like you learned perhaps the benefit of eye targeting oh sure on the sim yeah. because now you're used to looking ahead oh and yeah you got that okay yeah it's sure yeah And that would be a benefit of course
0: yeah, yeah. it's it's never going to be perfect but I think like to to think of it as a tool and like yes they're fun games but like if if you think of it as a tool and how can you use the tool i mean i think that there's definitely ways that you can use that to to progress or to to at least find out what things are out there because you know as far as like like driving learning
3: ways to apply stuff in like a real car too i think like you were saying it can teach you in the sim that, oh, God, the way I change my path through this corner changes my time. The sim rig, it's already recording the time through that sector automatically and kind of doing a lot of things in the background. It can give you this, like, idea of how you should practice in real life, too. Like, if you, you know, I need to time myself through these corners and I need to feel, like, and or my exit speed, what? what is my exit speed? How
0: you'd use the actual data. Yeah, it like you're, it's you... giving you data. so if you actually had the data in real life, you have now I, I would say you'd have a sense of okay now what how can I interpret this? How can I use this information? you've got you've kind of practiced it using the information now you've gotten into the real world and you'd have a little bit of basis for comparison to use the information.
1: I think that you've got to have I don't even recommend data for mm. somebody that's just starting sure in in other words i'll describe it this way data is most beneficial in real life when you have three great drivers that are within a second sure racing identical cars Mm -hmm. then you can literally go okay in turn four john is going faster and this is why and all of the drivers are of the caliper Okay, well we can all do that. Okay, bam, instant instant benefit for everybody. Now, the other side of that is if you're five seconds or more off of what the car is actually doing and you're thinking that data is going to help you, that's an illusion in most cases. You need somebody in the car next to you saying, this is how you do it, okay, switch places with me. Feel that, okay, now you try it. Not yet, not yet, not yet, now. Right, yeah. Word. (laughs) Yep, yep. Yeah,
2: I was thinking about that, um, back when I used to race downhill mountain bikes, you would frequently, in practice, do like laps with a buddy or Mm -hmm. with a teammate or something like that. And and so you would try like, Hey, after that road gap, (laughs) um, you take the inside, I'll take the outside and let's see how it goes. Um, but that's really only beneficial if both riders are at a place where they're able to ride each of those separate lines at a level where it indicates which line is actually faster. Otherwise you might just find out which rider can ride which type of line better or something like that. Right. You've got to
1: have skill
2: levels fairly equal true yeah but what you said was you're not going to get any you don't recommend it you don't think they get any benefit if they're not within five seconds would they still get some benefit it's just that they may be creating band-aids or bad habits or bad bad stuff like yes that. let
1: me let me clarify let's say that we go out we've we've never done this before mm-hmm. okay I've done it before you're new we do a time when we start off, mm-hmm. and your, your lap time is 20 seconds off of mine. Mm-hmm. Now, I can leave, I can give you the phone app, and you can practice, and you will take 10 seconds off that time all by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. I will stipulate that. <laughs> but then, you will get to a place where every time you try to go fast, you'll lose control of the car. Mm -hmm. And that's because your basic sequence, your foundation, Mm -hmm. is not correct. It's not in harmony with the car. And you probably learned that on your own by not knowing what to do, Mm -hmm. but it still made you faster. Because we started at 20 seconds off. Mm -hmm. And now, even doing it technically incorrectly, With more intensity, we've gotten to 10 seconds off, okay? Well,
0: having had the luxury of taking a lesson with you, Mike, (laughs) what I can tell you is you, you might, by yourself with the app, get 10 seconds faster, but you might be completely overusing the car Oh, and yeah. pushing too hard to get there. Yes. And so
2: this is the thing, I think, yeah. we, I mean, especially with the lemons racing, frequently you have teams with very wide ranges of driver skill yeah. sure. within that sure. team, right? Sure. And frequently it's not the guys going fast, that are the ones that are liable to crash, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's generally the slower ones because they're driving above their limit because they know the limit's actually higher. I should be able to go up there but their limit hasn't been raised to the same limit of what a better driver might do in that car, which is where you get that overdriving as a result of either pressure or overconfidence or whatever. Because this is another thing I was thinking earlier when you were talking about optimizing your lines in the sim racing. Generally, and this is my experience, when I'm trying to find time in a lap or on a course um, hill climbing or something like that, I'm working on my breaking points and not breaking too early. Mm. That's generally, especially with a consequence of a cliff edge or something like that, right? Sure, sure. I'm generally working my way in from breaking too early. Which is why you're still there. Right, Which right, is right. why, you know, so far I haven't fallen off a
0: cliff. <laughs> mm, yeah.
2: There was that one... But... That we all about. Yeah. Um, but, knock on wood. Yeah. Um, but in sim racing something we all did here today and something that those drivers that know that faster is possible even if they don't know how it's possible their skill is not there yet we all over we all broke too late or yeah. brakes uh, yeah. too late um into a corner we all you know found the sand on the outside These... on the throttle too much on the throttle too right. soon control. because i think it, when there's not a, a consequence or or something like that when you, when you're aware that more speed must happen but not sure how to get there right um you overdrive right you you yeah. brake too late i think that's yeah. where um, i guess well, it's an interesting kind of a thing consistency, to observe there
0: consistency right so all right so you 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 have this person that you you leave with the data and they're they're off their driving and they've taken 10 seconds off so they've right. done they've done a 210 right. okay <laughs> how many 210s can you do in
1: a row? well they can probably do i'll i'll give them the benefit of the doubt well but Here's the thing, and, and the number one thing, yeah, the difference between a good driver and a great driver and an unbelievable driver is typically from turn in to apex. Okay. Everybody can come out of a corner. From okay. apex to exit, ninety percent of the people can go full throttle. Okay. Yeah, that's not it. Right. But breaking late. And not over slowing, Mm -hmm. right? Carrying the speed into the actual limit and Mm -hmm. then getting on the power earlier than everybody else. That's where the magic happens. And having the feel for coming on the throttle. And you are not gonna learn that by a phone app. Right. And and (laughs) I guess my
0: point is a lot of times (laughs) You can spend every day. You might have done a two ten, but you don't know why. You don't know where
1: the time was until Yeah. Until you ride with a really good driver and they click off mm-hmm. a 205 and then you're like, "Oh my gosh." Gives you an idea of where your yeah, you're like, at, Yeah, you're mm-hmm. like and now you're not going to be able to do it by seeing it, but your awareness has been increased and that's the first step. Yeah. Because before then, you thought that because you were over-slowing and because you were fighting with the car that that was normal and that was all that there was. Right. And that's not true. Well,
0: and and again, having had the luxury of a lesson with you, Mike, is interpreting the information from the car. Sure, like like the car will tell you a lot of this information, yep. and I will tell like that that one lesson that I took with you is still serving me to this day. <laughs> Makes me think, why haven't I done more of these? We'll talk about it later. But I am merely
1: the car translator. <laughs> yes,
0: but even even in the sim, like some of that inf- that information. Like especially as far as reading the corner, like is the corner a standard apex and sure. early apex or sure, late sure. apex?
1: Yeah,
0: all of that is like it's it's still in my head when I'm driving around in the sim as much as it would it has been sure. when I when I'm driving on the track. Um, and it's 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 getting to that point. Like would somebody that hasn't had that lesson get to that point faster? I don't know, but it's it's definitely the the, the one informs the other. And, and those, those t- I know from having that lesson and having driven on the track that those tools apply in the sim. So I feel like there's, there's at least some of those tools from the sim that come back and apply in real world. I think
3: like we were talking about and dancing around a bunch is like there is a lot of, you know, racecraft, basic ideas like, you know, learning that there might be a different line to take through a corner that yeah. you can learn from the sim. But like Mike has gone back to, learning the limits of the car, you can only do in real life in a car. You have to feel it. And so there's so many things that you can take from a sim to apply to going out to your track day. But like Tasso said, in the sim, you're backing off. You're able to go wreck into the wall. (laughs) On a real track day, you better not get too confident to do that on your first lap because you're not going to learn much that
2: day. I learned breaking points in the sim by... Oh. Well, this yeah, this yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right earlier, that oh, back to the early
0: point. Like without the information, sometimes that's the only tool that you can use. You have to like mm-hmm. overshoot, 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 and bring it back to the point you realize where you realize, okay, this is now my breaking point. It's, mm-hmm. it's you, you don't have any other information from that you can glean from the sim because. The data that's coming out is so limited. You just kind of have to fail yeah. and back off to the point where we're like, okay, well, no, now this is what it yeah, is. Yeah, I'm,
2: I'm sitting here thinking as a result of our conversation, it might have put more words to one of the things. In, in general, I enjoy the sim. It's fun. I like anything that's fun. So, yeah, it's sure. fun. Um, but, like, the thing it's just, just kind of lacking is, like, one of the things I enjoy so much about driving cars is that interplay of all those physics, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that the interplay, oh, yeah. like that... That breaking point transition, that subtle slide that you're mm-hmm. hoping to get right based on the surface and tire you're on and all sorts of stuff like that, right? And if you don't quite have that feeling. Um, it's, it's like, it's a big thing missing in the experience of driving. Um, then I think, right. Why are we the, doing this again? The, right. <laughs> well, and it's, and... it's, it's still fun, right? I, I yeah. enjoy, you know, sitting yeah. here and rising with friends about like, you know, oh man, you're really <laughs> right. setting in the, <laughs> right. you're ruts through that gravel trap lap after lap. So, <laughs> um, you right. know, so it, uh... it's fun. I enjoy it. Right. But it's, um, it can't be, I think this is maybe my summary point here is, Um, can't be a replacement for it until there's a way to simulate that little dopamine serotonin whatever you get when the car just sets in perfectly and
3: you're like good one
0: right dylan's laughing i think i know why what why Uh, i was just
3: gonna say that just reminded me of some really funny videos i've seen of people (laughs) setting up sim rigs with like hyper real motion simulators like you crash and like your oh, wheel yeah. like hits you in the chest or something. Oh like. man! <laughs> it has a little thing that just clobbers your head. If you, if you hit it's a real. It's
2: awesome. it's a just exploded. Little 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 yes. pshh, <laughs> Dazed your, a little bit. Uh, yeah. Link to your uh, bank account where every time you crash, it just uh, deducts
1: uh, money from your bank account. Gives yeah. you a real concussion right. yeah. and stuff. So,
0: <laughs> well, that is not what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> what, I was, what I was thinking you were going to say, like, the answer to Asu is, if you spend enough time to get good on it, you do get all that. So, because, like, I when is, I play Gran Turismo, like, when I hit it right. real thing. thing. It's not a, it's,
1: is, not, it's is, not the same. Is that true, though? I mean, you because you've driven, obviously, and you're the perfect person to ask, out of this quartet here. Is it as much fun as driving a real car? Even though, yes, okay, you've never raced. I I get that. But are you having as much fun as I am winning a race on this?
3: I would totally agree with what you're getting at in that, no, it's not the same dopamine hit. It's not the same adrenaline rush, for sure. I would kind of give you the counterpoint that, like, it is so much more accessible That, like, It's important to get that baseline. And like I was kind of alluding to before, like, it'll teach you a lot. It'll let you learn what you like. It'll teach you some really good tools to apply to, like, a real car. But ultimately, the real car is that next level. Like, the SimRig is only, you know, the, you know, diminishing returns of trying to bridge that gap of, like, how real can we make it? Can we yeah. get the physics better? Can we get the motion? It's better? almost more
2: fun if it's less realistic. Yeah. Maybe, right? It's like, true. It's, <laughs> like there's kind of an
3: element of that right. where for a lot of people the sim rig is more just for fun and like right. it's better to just
2: jump in, have an easy arcadey experience, yeah. and then, like I really enjoyed Need for Speed Most Wanted too. Yeah. Like the one with the the M <laughs> three in the yeah. intro kind of thing. That was a really fun... I mean, I had a lot of fun like playing that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the, the Moto games nowadays are getting more and more realistic, and you're using both sticks to try and somehow simulate, like, what your body is trying to do on a dirt bike and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but MX express yeah. ATV Unleashed, because it was my friends, after a day of writing, we would go back, yeah. and we had our PS2, and we would sit there and crank out laps looking for that last hundredth of a second, mm-hmm. and the soundtrack was fun, and you're doing whips. But you're reliving. And
1: you're riding it's not it's
2: not supposed to be a replacement yeah yeah. so it's fine because it's fun right you're still immersed in in the culture and social aspect
1: of all these things that we enjoy doing right and and i think part of it too is i'm i'm spoiled okay I get to do this all day. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. So and coming at it
3: from the other side. Yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah. No, not and having that money or like no no. Time no. And and,
1: and it's just credit. It's not money. But anyway. <laughs> 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 but I remember back, you know, like when I had a McDonald's hamburger when I was a kid. Right. And I thought a Big Mac was the best eating mm, that there was, dude. dude. Yeah. But mm. I had never had steak. Right. Once I had steak, buddy, yeah. I haven't been back to McDonald's in a while. <laughs>
3: yeah, I would agree that some and, rigs and racing yeah. have that kind of the same
1: dichotomy. And, and <laughs> I <laughs> I would guess that, okay, you would have as much fun as I'm having because you haven't experienced that yet. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's going to be as much fun because that's what you know. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that.
0: It, it, in my point, I guess what I would say is it's, I don't have the time to get to the track right now. Like my life in, in just what it is, <laughs> like I cannot get yeah. to the track, but mm-hmm. I can get to my basement and drive yes. to sim, you know, for 30 <laughs> minutes at a stretch, yeah. tell the family, is like, right. where did he go? Oh. He's in the basement again, turn off the power. Um, uh, so I can, but it, so it, can, it can feed you know, there's the want, with that. but yeah. it can feed the want to get there. And then having the success in the sim makes me just want to get to the actual track all that much more because i I've, I've i've scratched the itch a little bit but i know what the actual thing is like but I, I you yes you can get the little bit of dopamine from like i put it all together i i qualified i was in the top right. eight thousand in the world sure. like and, <laughs> yeah. you know like I'm, I'm going sort of quickly here right. and i want to take that and, and try and apply that to the real world so i think hmm. like for me it really does feed one into the other but yes they're Yes, they're totally. It's different like
3: things, parallels but. that aren't necessarily
2: on the same level.
0: Yeah, hamburger yeah. to have, the uh, steak. Yes, yes. Did you yes. Have as much fun at the
3: track attack
2: as you have on your lunch breaks. I would say,
3: it's it is different. It's like you know, in the drift sim and my lunch break, or even just trying to like put time together, you have a lot more freedom. Right, mm-hmm. Like in, an, in a real race event, there's so many more pieces that you have to sure. be focused on that mm-hmm. the sim rig kind of does make it more fun in some regards because you're not worried about right. tires. I'm right. not swapping brake pads. Yep. I'm not doing any yeah. of that. Yep. I'm it, just, it's not 100 boop, degrees. Go. Yep. <laughs> How do I get faster? Which is really awesome. Right. And yeah. like that side of it can be great. Sure. But I think, like we said, it's like a stopgap. It's an intro. It's like... If you really love that feeling of, like, oh, I made it faster on these corners, like, the sim will give you that drive, like John's saying, to take that and go to the track and find that in real life, too, which it totally does for me. Like, it's, you know, driving the sim rig all day is fun, but I would love to just go drive at a real track all day, too. It'd be way better. (laughs) Does, Does anybody have any
1: statistics on how many sim racers go on to actually race? Percentage I'm aware yeah. of
2: one in a movie, that's right? Yeah, there's a lot
3: of those videos now where they're like, oh, put the sim racer against the pro driver, and, yeah. and there's right. been a yeah. lot of that. So, but but I wonder how many of those question. folks because
2: there's yeah, there's and actually two genres of those movies now. One genre proving sim racing is just as good, mm-hmm. and the other genre proving that sim racing is not at all the same. And every one of them comes into it with an agenda, and they they are able to prove their agenda. Like very that was good, the Turismo
1: movie. Yeah, so I'm talking about more like YouTube stuff or whatever. The Grand Turismo movie, I haven't seen it yet. I, I still yeah, I like to. It. I'm it aware
2: of the good. story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, just you know, from when it happened in real life and stuff, and it's.
0: Well, and, and I mean that's I that Nismo Driving Academy. That was that's an interesting. That was their premise. That was the premise. Yeah, it's right? like okay, well, these guys that are fast <laughs> in this game. I bet you that there's some of them. But I wonder if they would have been just
2: as good, things. having not done the sim too. If you took the amount yeah. of sim time they had and put that right. in a race car instead, oh dude, and obviously yeah, yeah huge amounts of like accessibility differences, yeah. right? It would have been yep. massive to for this kid to have twenty thousand hours of drive time experience yeah. right. before even trying out. But yes. is it just because that kid had good feel? Good methodical approach to finding speed, natural good instruction, when, yeah, natural ability. Yeah, or is it because of the sim racing? I wonder. Yeah. And if that's across all these videos, all these, you know, whoever yeah. media house on YouTube has done one of these as well. Like, you know, there's too many variables to really look at this data. Loss, I would right? say
1: that just like there are people that are born with perfect pitch mm-hmm. and can sing perfectly without a lesson. Right there are people that are born with perfect feel. Mm. And if they do sims, okay, they've already had perfect feel. Mm-hmm. And then when they get yeah. into a car or a motorcycle, they're gonna have perfect feel. And that's a huge advantage. Yeah. Yeah? It's, I mean,
0: it's not really playing out this way, but I would hope that as Sims sim racing gets more popular, people get more interested in it, that it would feed more people to actually go out and do it for real. That's my fantasy, but right. I don't think that's gonna uh, be. And they're starting <laughs> to make money now with esports too. Oh, like yeah, esports yeah. is a legitimate career
2: path and has been for some time. Yeah. Um yeah. And so, does that reduce that want to transfer over it and does. reduce interest in in <laughs> physical motorsports because electronic ones are so much easier and more relatable? I mean, this is. Well, the thing I always complained about in downhill racing is why didn't we make money? I was a pro and I couldn't yeah. have done it for a living. Yeah. Well, this is junk. Well, yeah, it's because there's no money in the sport to support pro athletes
0: really other than the really, really high level. The counter argument to that is uh, some of the YouTubers that I follow that play, you know, Grand and Fours Forza, whatever, like they're what they're now doing. The guys that have been around for a handful of years is they're now getting into real cars. Like they've got the income from their YouTube channel sure, that they're you now follow, actually getting into which cars. Which is a weird shift, right? In yeah, terms of yeah. the what's the ladder look like now,
2: if you want to be a pro race car driver, it's well become a YouTube sensation. And then you wow. buy a race
3: car. Well, yeah. so that's that's have some means of supporting yeah. this racing car right, yeah. I guess race. just to
0: say it is a lap Like if it you're really ladder. good at yeah. if you're really good at you know driving a sim, and you're really good at YouTube. Do you know the percentage? It's not high. Yeah, because I not would ton- think
1: mm-hmm. that if I'm making all this money by doing sim stick with why it. <laughs> would i do racing? yeah, yeah. I mean, like i know a guy you know, for example
3: who was doing a sim racing channel and like all kinds of youtube stuff and he tried to get into competitive drifting and within like two seasons ended up being like you know the budget is just too much <laughs> like it's not worth the travel yeah and like i'm not able to be in the car as much as i want to and be it's harder <laughs> yeah. yeah which that is one side that i think the sim rigs don't really show of racing and they don't do a good job of that of mm-hmm. like yeah the fight to yeah. actually go out and compete yeah. in something yeah. with a car is way Way more than what you would imagine, I just mean, from mopping up. I guys yeah. are
2: a week <laughs> no. into grinding sound editing off their car in <laughs> zero-degree yeah. garages, <laughs> thinking about that five minutes <laughs> yeah. is gonna make all the difference. And they were up all night working on the right. car. Right. Yeah, right. how many right. times have you cross-threaded an imaginary lug <laughs> <load> nut? <pen? laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man
1: so that's and, that is one thing and, I and think they're never going to put that in super racing yeah. because that would make it less yeah, that's fun right, yeah, that's exactly. right that's right if you're
2: sitting there working your third overtime shift this week to try and make tires for this weekend uh, yeah, yeah. We hop
3: into motor built simulator and start torquing my head
0: bolts well, to delete sick. the next two months of your life with working to pay for the last crash okay it's a totally it, it is a totally different discipline and, and like like from the mechanical side or like just the logistics side of like going to an actual race it's way different than just going down in your basement and getting power but it's also fun right i mean this is where they're different
2: but they're both fun in different ways right like it's i enjoy the slog and the travel and you know when abby and i drive out to hill climb together we're Stop and get a cup of coffee, and we stop. You know, every time we go to Rangeley, we stop by like Rifle Falls or, or something
0: like that it's, out there. Honestly, it's like that's that's the flip side of this. That's the opposite side of this. It's like if you're actually going to be successful in doing it for real, there's a whole different skill set that you don't even know exists right. yet. Right. Until you actually go out there and try and compete in right. an event for real, that that you're 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 completely blind to if you're just
1: just doing it on a simulator. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the, and the other thing is, the racecraft. On the simulator, compared to real racecraft. Yeah. Come on now. I know. I yeah. mean, on the on the simulator, I can't even tell where the fender of my car is. No, I thought right I went right. through the guy, and I still had apparently right. two feet. Right. You know. Right. And if so. you hit him, that's not that big a deal. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> How bad of the habits are you learning here? Yeah. Yes. Right. That's to <laughs> screw this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, you know. I I agree they're both fun they're both different I don't think sim is going to feed a lot of people into real racing because real racing is number one way more expensive and way harder sure Sure. and that's why I like it more not the expensive part but you know it is what it is but you know you you get I get more of a sense of accomplishment when I set a lap record in a real car then even if I was good at this and I set the fastest sure. time of anybody, I mean, and I'm spoiled. I I stipulate because I get to do it all the time. But it's like to me, it's like it's not as satisfying. Right. Even right. if it, you know, I can I can fantasize that I was good at it. You know, I can imagine that, even though it's not true. Still, it wouldn't give me the the satisfaction. Yeah. So. It's it's it's.
0: Yeah. To each their own. Definitely different disciplines. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and this goes back to that point we said earlier of like going from sim racing to driving a car often is amazing and people love it and yeah. you know, someone who trains in a sim rig and goes to a real car they will almost always find ways to perform better going into the real car, like, sure. oh, I can learn these new inputs, there's sure. this new thing I feel, <laughs> sure. <Yeah>. and uh, <laughs> it's, it's way harder to find benefit from the sim rig when you already have a lot of experience in a car, yeah. like with that experience in the car, you're just used to so many things that, you're, that you would have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to get in mm-hmm. the sim rig, right. and even that is still just an approximation, right. it's yeah. not like real.
0: So I think at this point, with us having covered this as mm-hmm. in depth as we have, we forgot to review Forza. It's pretty good. Pretty good. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's cool. Cool. <laughs> you know, no. The
2: creepiest Forza <laughs> version. Yeah, of it's, it's like the thing. most accurate Forza yeah. I've ever felt. Yeah, sure, that's fair. Well, my and, car is in the last one. The, uh, oh yeah. A, a simulation sure. of our livery
0: is in. So, the so last is the Pikes speaker, car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think in the comments. Like, write down below. Tell us what you think. Do you like driving the Sims? Should have circled around Laguna Seca? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> a stock, on a Stock in S209. Stock a S209, what can <laughs> we read? Are you going to edit them in or, or whoever? I'll, I'll I'll throw them in there somewhere. Yeah, okay. Cool. Because I did win, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I <I'll, I'll, I'll laughs> make sure everybody oh, yeah. knows uh,
2: who was king of of this Let's go. Yeah, okay.
0: Let us know what you think in the comments. So, uh... Follow Tasso, OTC Racing uh, on YouTube, social media. Mike, Go for it Services, GoForItServices, Racing on Facebook. Uh, GoForItServices.com. Sorry. Number four. Yes. Um, and, you know, Flat Tuning, you've already found us. So thanks for liking. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for your support as always. And until next time, stay tuned to Flat Tuning. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the Flat Earns Syndicate Motorsports Podcast. Once again, we'd like to let you know that your support is what makes this show possible. Be sure to check out our online store at FlatironsTuning.com for any of your aftermarket or OEM Subaru parts needs. And as always, stay tuned with Flatirons Tuning.